Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, as they look to put together a roster that's really going to go chase after that seventh Lombardi trophy. Hey, Pittsburgh Steel fans, we got to win this week. <laughs> Seems like a while since we've had one of these, uh, since the Buffalo Bills. Um, but really, really exciting to see the Steelers get the win this week. Uh, you know, it was it was a nice recovery for me. Uh, for those of you that listen to Steelers Touchdown Under, I, I missed that last week. Uh, I, I had some surgery last Friday, and, and I'm actually technically still recovering uh, from it. It was with my mouth, so hopefully I don't slip up over over any words here. But look, today's show, we're going to crack straight into it. We're going to talk rookie report, uh, you know, look at what the Steelers rookies did last week, look forward to the Seahawks this week. And then if we get a chance, because I went way over last week, um, you know, and I said that we'd look at those 10 top quarterbacks. I'm actually going to hold that for a week because I think there's going to be some shakeup in some of these results. Uh, but we, if we get a chance, we'll look at some wide, wide receivers to uh, look in the college game. And I think that's important given we know James Washington's not back this year. We now know the Juju's out for the year after the shoulder injury that, um, you know, he had last game. And I think there was some speculation if he could make it back before the end of the year. It looks like from a social media update, I saw a couple of hours ago that he's had a second surgery potentially I'm not sure whether it was a difference in the social media post or not uh so interesting to see there <clears throat> apologies for that uh so yeah interesting to see there but i don't i don't expect juju back so wide receiver is going to remain an issue uh potentially for the pittsburgh steelers going into going into next season so let's crack straight into it then in terms of the steelers rookie report from last game so you know i think the biggest <laughs> the biggest uh, you know, point to make first off is Najee Harris. Najee Harris, our first round draft pick, pick number 24 uh, out of Alabama, 122 yards rushing there, you know, off 23 attempts. The O-line created some holes uh, and he was finally able to capitalize on things. Uh, he had one touchdown, a long run of 20. That was a blistering run when he got through, made the breaks through those holes. Uh, and, and you saw a core force step up, uh, which I know has been a bit of an issue on the O-line you know, so far. So I think that that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, he had two receptions for 20 yards as well, along of, um, you know, 14. So made a difference there in the short passing game as well. You know, and we know what Najee did earlier in the season there with his, you know, a 14 reception. So, you know, terrific, terrific go from Najee Harris from that perspective. Pat Freemuth, uh, again, we didn't see much of him and I'd hope that this would have been his coming out game. I, again, this could be something that you see, um, you know, you do see this week from from Pat Freemuth, but I, he had two receptions of seven yards. And I think it was one of those receptions came on. I've been a third down, but I remember there being one, uh, one of those receptions that I remember thinking this is a real safety throw from Ben, but it's a real difference maker for the momentum. So uh, I think that's, that's something pretty important when you look at when you look at what he's done. Uh, Cody White had one target he didn't catch, and that pretty much wraps up the rushing and the receiving element. But you know, and then of course, you know, I may as well highlight him. His last year's you know number one pick, even though he was in the second round. But you know, Chase Claypool, five receptions off six targets for 130 yards, one touchdown, long of 59. You know, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, so from that perspective, yeah. You know, top top marks 
um, you know, for, for the Steelers rushing and receiving from the rookies in terms of their contribution and the second year last year's uh, top rookie pick as well. Uh, moving on to the, you know, the, the defensive side of the football, um, because I think when you talk about the O-line, you know, Dan Moore had a better day, uh, I think, um, you know, and, and I also believe that Kendrick Green, you know, when you look at these sorts of numbers, I think he did a bit better as well. I think we need to get through a couple of weeks and really get a chance to evaluate them. And that's what I'm going to be doing as well, just to preview when it comes to uh, the bye week. I'm going to give a bit of a midterm report card, if you like, on all the rookies. And we're going to judge, you know, what those ranking boards look like. It's going to be hard at this rate uh, to not have Najee up the top there, but it, but it will be really good to be able to evaluate these guys and have a look at, you you know, the contributions over the season so far. So the other thing I thought I'd quickly mention too is that, you know, we didn't see a heap out of those Broncos rookies that I was talking to you about last week. Um, you know, you had Sternard, you know, I thought he played fairly well for them. You know, lots of tackles there with six, three solos, three assisted. Satane had three, uh, and one pass defense. Um, you know, I think it was good that Steelers obviously didn't, you know, have an interception there. A couple of their other guys contributed with one tackle, like Aaron Patrick, my, um, Caden Stearns, Aaron Browning. Uh, so you saw those sorts of guys as well. But you didn't – I was surprised. I really thought one of these guys would, um, you know, would really stand out and, and do something a bit bigger there. But, hey, um, you know, that's a good thing for the Steelers. Then moving over to the Steelers side of things, again, no, he's not a rookie, but I think it's worth noting the way that James Pierre was able to bounce back. Um, six tackles, two pass defenses for the day, one interception. I think that's terrific. Um, you know, from his perspective, Trey Norwood, uh, obviously seventh round draft pick. He had two tackles there. So good to see him back in the mix. Um, you know, you had Derek Tutsko as well. He had one tackle, you know, even though he's an undrafted rookie, we do include him. It's not just the draft picks uh, from this perspective. So, you know, again, you saw contributions there, um, you know, f- from the Steelers rookies from, from that perspective. Uh, when it came to Presley Harvin, two punts for 119 yards, a long of 63. I think that's a career long in the NFL uh, so far for him. Um, you know, in yards per punt of 59.5, that's a fantastic day from him. And, and I know there was, I think there was an article I was reading this week on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, which we're obviously affiliated with, you know, and they and they pointed this out um, as well. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh you know, and I think when you look at it too, going back onto the defensive side, we shut down Javante Williams to a degree. I know he had 61 yards um, and two first downs uh, on, on the eight attempts and he averaged, you know, um, to, you know, rushing outs before contact of five, uh, rushing outs after contact 21 and what have you, but he didn't break a tackle. And I think that's quite interesting because I think when he does get into his space, I, I do see that from him. So, you know, I was pretty happy with, with that from that perspective, um, you know, and in terms of receiving, we were able to fairly limit him to, uh, to three receptions at 25 yards. And I know that he can, he can do a few things in that game again, in the short passing game, if, if he needs to. So, you know, interesting sort of, sort of set there. Uh, if I go back to the, the Steelers um, rushing and receiving side of things as well, I think when you look at it from, Najee Harris, you know, yards before contact of four 
right? So you're really seeing him have to get these yards after contact. And when you look at that from from the reception point of view, he had 16 there. Uh, you know, he didn't, and he didn't even break a tackle. tackle. So you're looking at how agile he is as well. Um, you know, it's it, these are just some interesting advanced stats that you do look at. Um, but I think again, you go the other side of the uh, other side of the fence to to the Broncos, and you know Patrick Satan allowing sixty percent possession. He's going to be a guy to look out for. But it was actually Stenard that allowed only forty percent um, completion on you know passes thrown his way. Caden Stearns fifty percent. I talked to you about him as a. Um, you know, being a uh, Texas Longhorns fan about, you know, what I thought of that versus Trey Norwood, who allowed like 100% um, completion on, on on the receptions that he was defending as well. So, you know, these are just some interesting things to think about. But I think if we go back to it, um, you know, pretty terrific performance really from the Steelers rookies. And, and I think it was a collective performance from the Steelers rookies there. Dan Moore, uh, 100% of the snaps. Kendrick Green, 100% of the snaps. Dan Moore played tw- um, 23% on special teams. Uh, Najee Harris, 65% of the snaps offensive uh, side of the football. Uh, Cody White, 25%. Um, you know, when you when you look through it, Pat Freeman, let just a tick under 50%, at 49% with 32 snaps. Uh, and he didn't play anything on special teams either, which you'd expect. Uh, Trey Norwood played 37% of the defensive snaps uh, going through the list. Derek Tootscott only played 3%. Um, so, again, you know, the amount that these Steelers rookies are being able to contribute, you know, is a bit different. Obviously, Presley Harvin is only there when there's a punt or is there to hold a kick. He played on 31% of those special team snaps, uh, you know, from that perspective. So, you know, as I say, interesting day uh, from the Steelers, Steelers rookies. Uh, and, and we saw that real contribution from Najee, and that's going to be the headline piece for him, that first 100-yard game, terrific from him. you know. And I think imagine if we'd had him sort of last year and then this year, what a difference that would have made uh, you know, to the Steelers and, and a difference it would have made to being able to you know, give Ben you know, something to really work with there. But as I say, um, there's a lot of people talked about, there's lots of similarities with 2005 in this team, and you look at it, I mean, even though she doesn't need O-line to a degree, but you look at this and you sort of say, you know, Steelers are, are two and three, but, you know, as they go down the stretch, as this O-line comes together, as Najee gets more acclimatized, you know, and Big Ben gets more trust in him and with short game, um, short passing game opens up even more, you know, it, it's kind of exciting, particularly if you get Banner back. I mean, I've talked about, you know, whether I'm high or not on Banner, but, you know, if there are people are high on him as they think they are and he's better, uh, you know, and Chooks is better, you know, not as good a right tackle as him, then, hey, we see improvement there. Things start to get a bit more sorted. So, you know, it is exciting. Uh, I did listen to Jeff's Let's Ride this week, uh, you know, this morning, and and I know that he sort of talked about Steelers fans and just enjoying the wins, Uh you know, and one of the things he said that was whether there'd be a trade or not in the mailbag section. I agree. I don't think it's likely, but if it is, you never know what it's going to be in terms of the O-line. But I wanted to pick up that point before we go into the Seahawks rookies, uh, you know, for, you know, looking at their rookie report. As I always like to give a little bit of insight to the other team. And this week, I sort of had that title and it goes back to what I was saying at the start of this podcast of, you know, are the Steel's flying high or are they ready to, you know, 
really soar and really rocket up, you know, the <laughs> rocket up the charts when it comes to powering things, not that they're the be all end all, but rocket up the the record, you know, list as well around the not just the AFC North, but the, the AFC conference and, and the league. And it got me thinking, like, is it flying high or is it soaring? And you know, when I say flying high, I'm actually being a little bit sarcastic there. Uh, there was a movie in 1980. Uh, it was a comedy, and somehow they're going to call it a romance as well. Um, you know, a crazy movie, very satirical parody film, also known as exclama- exclamation mark airplane or airplane exclamation mark. It's funny when you look these things up. Uh, but flying high or flying high as it's also known, uh, you know, screenplay by Jim, a- <laughs> Jim Abrahams. Uh, you know, if you're out there and you haven't seen it, 7.7 IMDb. Five out of five with our version of Best Buy, 78% Metacritic, 87% on Google users. I'm not here to advertise that film, but just so you know. Um, And it's one that I only watched fairly recently. Um, You know, I date myself, but it was made 11 years before I was born. It was made when my dad was in um, year 11 in high school, you know, the second last year of high school. Um, actually my fiance made me watch it recently and it had me cracking up. Like it was just unbelievable. And when you, when you, when I do show my age there, you think about it, it's a sort of movie where, you know, there are people smoking on planes and you see that in Hollywood. You know, I come from there. I've never seen smoke on an airplane. Um, and I hope I don't, cause it's probably going to mean it's going down. Uh, but yeah, pretty, pretty interesting there. And I just think it's as Steeler fans, uh, you probably fall into these two buckets of, can the Steelers, Steelers start soaring? And Mark and I are going to talk about this interesting sort of concept about what the way the Steelers need to approach the rest of the season on touchdown under this week. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, but, you know, and obviously, you know, all of Behind the Steel Curtains podcasts and uh, and live YouTube shows as well. And obviously the website, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. But, you know, I think if at the moment people are falling into two buckets, either number one, you know, you're either thinking more the flying high route that it's silly to think the Steelers are going to come back or you're thinking the Steelers are starting to build. They're really starting to build something. And, you know, that, that can be exciting. You can be pumped up about that, uh, you know, in, in what that means. I kind of somewhere in the middle. I see it going two ways. The, the head is sort of almost boarding the flying high plane. Um, it's bought the ticket there. It's waiting and waiting at the gate. And the other part of me is, you know, we are starting to build towards something bigger, uh, you know, and and it is exciting. And, you know, what can the Steelers do? Particularly when I get to do these rookie reports each week and I start comparing to other teams' rookies. And we've actually got pretty decent rookie class here, even if you don't always think so. It's exciting. So, you know, it's the one to watch. And I think, let's say, when I I get the chance to do the midterms, the midterm rookie report in a few weeks' time, it's going to be pretty cool to have a look at that. And with that, we're going to go to a break on Steelers Warren. Join for part two. I'm going to look at the uh, Seahawks rookies. And uh, if we get a chance, we're going to go into some wide receivers to watch.
let's look at the uh, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks uh, and their rookies as well. And look, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, a number right now ranked thirteenth uh, in points scored. Um, they only allow teams, you know, you know, to be twenty second. Uh, in in points scored for the season, uh, they're nineteenth in yards. Um, you know, gained. They they defense is ranked thirty two in terms of how many yards. They, so it's the worst how many yards they allow. Uh, you know, they've had eleven passing touchdowns before this. You know, Russell Wilson injury, which we know the big headline is. They allow they've allowed nine from their opponents, which is ranked nineteenth in the league. So they're they're eighth in scoring, but nineteenth in the league they're allowing. Uh, they're from the passing game, rushing. They've got a strong rushing game. Five t- five TDs on the season, eleventh there. The defensive side, they've allowed five, which is sixteen um, in the league. Basically, we go time possession, two minutes 13 for themselves at 4.84 plays for 30 yards, 2.12 points. So they're efficient in terms of the points they're scoring per drive. Um, their opponent stats, they're allowing the opposition to have the ball for um, an average of 3.3 3 minutes and 12 seconds per drive, 6.8 plays, 40 yards, 2.29 points. So this tells you that the defense is not up to scratch as much as their offense is doing. And this creates an opportunity for the Steelers if we can keep hold of the football, if we can keep hold of the football. So I wanted to give you that concept because the whole game kind of changes now, given that Russell Wilson's out of this game. You know, it, it does sort of, it does sort of change, um, change things there. So let's look at their rookies because it's actually pretty interesting in terms of where they're sitting because there are a number of guys actually injured, which I don't mean to, I'm not meaning to laugh at that. I'm I'm just saying that that's, it's an interesting position, you know, for them to be in right now, because, you know, you expect a certain level of production out of their rookies, you know, and they've had some pretty heavy rookie classes the last couple of years. Like they've got, you know, almost, I think it's 10 uh, players that are in, you know, were drafted or will join the team, you know, have two years experience at least. So, you know, that's pretty interesting from that perspective. When you look at their rookies, you know, Marcus Webb is on IR. Nigel Warrior is on IR. Dwayne Eskridge, the second pick, really good wide receiver out of um, Western Michigan, you know, particularly around the, in the slot, I think it is for him and, you know, deep passing, you know, he's on IR as well. Um, Trey ba- Brown is on IR, their fourth round pick, you know, their cornerback out of Oklahoma, who I know they wanted a lot from. Uh, they've got Stone Stone Forsythe, a tackle who the Steelers were rumored to get. He dropped from, he was from Florida 6'8". We know how big he was. People were worried, didn't have enough weight behind him um, at that height. But, you know, he dropped all the way to the sixth round. And, you know, it was interesting to sort of see, you know, that slip happen there. Uh, Tyler Morbury, tight end, undrafted. You know, we'll have a quick look at him. Daryl Taylor as well, uh, the second second pick uh, there, you know, but, you know, it's really interesting to see because he's in his rookie year last, uh, um, was injured last year. And then you've got John Radigan as well, uh, rookie out of Army, undrafted. So let's have a quick look at these guys. But needless to say, there's a lot of injuries. So it's going to be interesting to see how we predict what they're going to do this 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 game because there's a lot of guys that aren't going to play it. Um you know, so the first guy we're going to look at is John Radican, um, you know, who went undrafted, as I said, out of Army here. You know, he's played in all five games this season. His snap percentages have averaged um, nil. 
<laughs> defense and offense. He's been a special teams player for them, even though he's a linebacker, you know, ranging between 52% of the snaps um, in week three, all the way up to 74% in week four and everything in between basically there. Uh, you know, for interesting from him, he's got a couple of tackles on the season. That's about it. Um, so, you know, you're going to see him on the special teams um, kind of kind of thing. He's had a fumble recovery on special teams, which is interesting, but really, you know, from that perspective, don't be looking for him to be making a big play on defense, but do definitely look for what he might be able to do in uh, the special teams uh, side of things. And so we move on to Daryl Taylor. Uh, so he was their second round pick last year, um, but it's only played this year at an injury. So he's 48th overall uh, pick in last year's draft. Um, played all five games this year. Uh, pretty interesting there from that perspective. Uh, he's ranged, he's basically played anywhere between 26 and 49% of the snaps. Again, week three was the big one for him. And he plays about half of their special team snaps ranging from 36% last week to 56% in week two as the high on the season uh, for him so far. He's got uh, five quarterback hits, uh, you know, three tackles for a loss this season as well. So, you know, you're, you're seeing a bit out of him. He's got four sacks on the season. So he's a big contributor for them there um, in that second round. So he's had a year to study playbooks. He's had a year, a nice off season to come back. Look out for him. He could cause Big Ben some headaches. Um, you know, here is their defensive end, 267 pounds, six foot four, uh, as they say, out of Tennessee, uh, drafted second round last year. Tyler Morbury, he's played in two games this season. He's their tight end. Um, Tyler, the tight end, 6'4", 248 pounds. Uh, he's played about 30 to 40% of the special team snaps, depending on the first two weeks of the season. Uh, you know, and he's played only six offensive snaps in week one. So, you know, and I think he's actually, he may be on the injured list as well with a temporary injury. Uh, but yeah, interesting to see, you know, whether he's going to contribute or not if he is playing. I think he is eligible for this game. Then you look at Stone Forsyth. He's played in two games so far this season, week three and week four, uh, you know, there. So he's, but he's played on special teams. So you haven't seen anything from him yet. So again, will he take the field last time against when we're previewing the Broncos? I think it was the Raiders might've been, I previewed one of the tackles who hadn't played and then suddenly um, then they did play. So I think that's quite interesting, um, you know, from perspective, it's lucky, but I more mean that, you know, you, you never know who's going to show up that might not have played every week, particularly before when it was considered like a down sort of Steelers team. And then you got uh, Trey Brown, the fourth round uh, cornerback, uh, drafted fourth round, 137th overall in this in this year's NFL draft. He hasn't been able to play yet. He's on the injured list, as I said. So, um, you know, he's on IR. I mean, that's all you can say. And, you know, hopefully he can come back from his injury for them. But for Steelers fans, we don't really care. Uh, <laughs> then you get to Dwayne Eskridge, had one game this season. Um, he's on IR as well. He had 22 yards rushing. He had one reception for six yards. Again, he's not going to be in the game, but if he was, he'd be an interesting one for the Steelers, uh, you know, defense to have to handle because you never know. And particularly if Russell Wilson was playing, but without Russell Wilson and without Dwayne Eskridge, um, you know, it makes it a bit easier for the Steelers to have to look after guys like Lockett and Metcalf. Then we move on to Nigel Warrior, defensive back, 5'11", uh, out of Tennessee. I think he went undrafted uh, from knowing this. And he's, you know, he hasn't played a game this season. He's on IR, um, was on IR before the season started. So, you know, not much to really say there. Uh, you move on to Jake Curran, 
tackle, six foot six hundred and sixteen pounds out of uh, California. He's played in four games, mostly special teams. Um, you know, where he plays between you know fifteen and twenty percent of the snaps on average. Uh, he played fifty percent of the offensive snaps in week three. Came in there, I think, for an injury, if I remember seeing that correctly. And then uh, he played fifteen uh, percent of the snaps last in the game against San Francisco. So you know, we should see what he whether he makes you know does makes a difference this week. Uh, you know, and whether he's playing special teams or offense or on the offensive side of the football uh, there. So look for a bit of contribution from Jake. Curran as well. Marcus Webb, IR, college, Troy, um, defensive end there, six foot three, 279 pounds. Not much more to say about it, really, you know, from that perspective. So looking at uh, some of the college football wide receivers that are doing pretty well this season, because as I say, as said earlier in the podcast, I think it's a really interesting thing to look at from the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, given that we know where Juju's at, um, you know, out for the season now. We know that John, John, James Washington's not coming back, um, you know, next year as well at this rate, you know. So let's look at the some of the top pass catchers uh, there in, in college football at the moment. And so some of them, you know, will be very familiar with him, with you, others won't. So one's Drake London. Um, he could be considered through five weeks, the, the top wide receiver out of USC, um, you know, the top wide receiver in college football. He's got 48 receptions, 670 receiving yards, nine catches for 130 yards in four or five contests. And it's been consistent no matter who's been the quarterback at USC. Um, six foot five, two ten pounds. I mean, he's going to be a top target for anyone. He's got the size, he's got some speed, um, you know, and he's doing a lot in terms of 50, 50 situations. <laughs> some of it said, you know, he's turning into a 90 10 situation with his frame, his hands, um, strength, coordination, et cetera. And he's got good ROC ability as well. Um, you know, then you look at Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis. He's a big play threat, which is interesting considering he's 5'9", 162 pounds. Um, you know, and some just think he's really a speed threat. He's got 35 catches through 637 yards, uh, seven touchdowns, 590 of those yards in just four games. Um, and against Arkansas State, he erupted for 239 yards and six receptions. Uh, Jalen Cropper, Fresno State, he's doing really well. As we mentioned on previous podcasts, Fresno State's a surprise for a lot of people, um, you know, and particularly given the you know, quarterbacks, you know, not really hailed, you know, to be a superstar Uh Cropper already has 44 catches for 528 yards, nine TDs. He's got a 14-catch, 141-yard explosion against UCLA that helped them beat them. Um, you know, and UCLA are top 25. Um, you know, he's an averaging a touchdown a game. And you've got Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Um, you know, considering Chris Olave as well, that's pretty good that they've got two guys in, I think, the top 10. Um, you know, and, you know, he's top 20 in the nation with 462 receiving yards. He's got four scores on 26 catches. Um, you know, they're both, he and Olave have been, you know, really key to the Buckeyes offense. Uh, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State's ranked number five, according to Pro Football Network. He's got 31 catches, 518 yards, four TDs, and 16.7 yards per catch average. He's six foot, 190 pounds, um, and isn't necessarily a huge physical specimen, but he's the sort of guy you could still see the Steelers getting in the second round um, if he was available and depending what they do in the first round as well, um, and maybe even the third round, depending on how people slip, um, you know, 
Then you've got Chris Olay out of Ohio State. You've just talked about he's got 48 catches for 840 yards and 12 scores. I think he's a first or second or very early second round. Um, he's one of the top pass catchers, and that's been the case for a couple of seasons now in college football. Uh, he's currently got um, the 840 yards, 48 catches, 12 scores was last year. Um, you know, and and 2019 together. This year, he's got 23 catches for 374 yards and five scores, which is still terrific through five weeks. Um, You've got Wondale Robinson out of Kentucky. Kentucky are doing really well. Just keep an eye out for Kentucky over the next few weeks. They're going to surprise a few people. Um, You know, they're playing some good football. Uh, And through five games, he's got 29 catches, 467 yards and three scores. Most Most of those yards coming after the catch. He's really weapon when he's got the ball. And for a lot of people, he's reminiscent of Kadarius, Kadarius Tony, um, who the Giants took, if I says me correctly. Um, you know, then you've got Josh Downs out of North Carolina. Um, you know, he's starting to step in as Sam Howell's top receiver. Um, you know, he's fourth in the NCAA in receiving yards, 40 catches, 620 yards, six touchdowns in five games. He's 5'10, 180 pounds. So he's a bit more of Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, style wide receiver from what I've seen briefly, um, but he's got some really good speed as well. Um, the sort of speed that made Damian Brown really do well, um, you know, into the draft process, and he was ultimately drafted by by Washington, the Washington football team. Uh, Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Um, you know, some people sort of <laughs> argued he might be like a Spider-Man sort of wide receiver. Um, you know, he is accounting for 33% of the team's passing production with 446 yards, six scores on 35 catches. Um, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama, Alabama. I'm interested on him. I don't know. I don't know if they can keep this spot in the top 10. Um, but currently he's one of the leaders in the in the Queen College football with 460 yards and 20 receptions. Um you know, and that's, you know, more than almost 50% of what Southern Alabama have actually thrown for. So, you know, he's literally accounting for a lot of part of their of their offense. Five other guys that you might want to watch is Zay Flowers out of Boston College, Jordan Addison out of Pittsburgh, particularly, you know, if you live in the Pittsburgh area, you know, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, he might be someone familiar with you. Eric, um, Eric, who can... Uz and Canmar out of Texas Tech. He's someone I would watch. Um, I think he's really underrated. I also think that, you know, he can do a lot um, in the short passing game, make yards after the catch and what have you. So I'm really interested to see how he starts to develop um, as the season goes on for college football and into the draft process. I think he'll test really well too. Um, then you've got Samori Toure out of Nebraska and Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Um Devin Tompkins out of Utah State, David Bell out of Purdue. I think he'll rocket up the rankings as well over the season. Kayshawn Boot out of LSU, Javon Haley out of Coastal Carolina, and Jacob Cowing out of UTP. Then you've got Jalen Reed, uh, Michigan State, Jamison Williams, Alabama, Jared Stearns, Western Kentucky, Danny Gray, SMU, and Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia. A couple of other guys that you might be names you see across things are like Justin Ross, Clemson, George Pickens, Jordan, who's injured, um, Chris Bell from Minnesota, Gunnar Romney, BYU, um, Justin Horrible State, Corey Sutton, Appalachian State, John Menchie third Alabama, Romeo Dubes out of Nevada. He's someone I could see the Steelers taking in later rounds. Uh, Dontario Drummond out of Ole Miss, Braylon Sanders out of Ole Miss, Jordan Whittington out of Texas. 
I don't know whether he's going to declare, so I don't know about that. Um, you've got Xavier Worthy as well, but Jordan Whittington is someone that's got, I think he's got a lot of upside. Um, I think he just needs to be given some time to develop. Um, and then you've got Carl Phillips out of UCLA as well. And interestingly, when you go through um, the, the the stats on, um, you know, some of these guys as well in terms of the leaders uh, of college football, you know, we've talked about some of those guys from the stats perspective, um, you know, but you've also got guys, as said, Jalen Jalen Cropper out of Fresno State leads with nine touchdowns. Then you've got Addison, the nine touchdowns. Kayshawn Booty, um, Louisiana State, out of with nine touchdowns. Then you've got Calvin Austin, the third, Memphis with eight. Isaiah Likely with eight. Olave um, with seven. Corey Rocker, Arkansas State, seven. Danny Gray, Southern Methodist, seven. A.T. Perry, Wake Forest, seven. Jenneth Stearns, West Kentucky, seven. And Josh Downs, Northern Carolina, seven. That's your top um, 11 wide receivers in terms of receiving touchdowns. Um, receiving yards per reception, Tyrese Chambers, Florida International, 33.6. Braylon Sanders, Mississippi, 24.3. Jacob Cowing, Texas, El Paso, 23.4. Dontavian Wicks, Virginia, 22.2. Jalen Tolbert, Southern Alabama, 21.8. Um, then David Davis, Western Kentucky, 21.7. Jalen Reed, 21.4. Uh, Michigan State. Curtis Hodges, Arizona State, 21.3. Jalen Naylor, Michigan State, 21.3. And then Xavier Worthy, Texas, 21.2. So that's your top 10 for receiving yards per reception. Um, when you look at receptions, it goes Drake London, 64 all the way down to Trey McBride with 42. And then everyone's pretty much in the 40 range, except for Jared Stearns out of West Kentucky with 56. Um, Jalen Copper props up there at number seven with 44. Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, 43. Calvin Austin, the third, 48. Um, so you're starting to see a lot of those names start to standardize across the league. Um, and then you've got, Calvin Austin from Memphis is the leading from receiving yards um, with 837. Drake London, Southern California, 832. He could be one of the best receivers in, in college football at the moment, depending on how they go. Um, so with that, we're going to wrap up this week's Steelers Warren. I'm your host of this show, weekly show, Go Steelers.